Hello, this is James Ippolitti, host of Out of Silence. I wanted to jump in just to let you know that you may hear that it is the Songsmith Podcast or Creativity Gurus Podcast. Season one of both of those have been combined to the name Out of Silence, and that will be the name moving forward for any interviews that I have about creativity. So don't be confused. Songsmith Podcast and the Creativity Gurus is now under one brand, Out of Silence. Peace. Greetings, Hepcats. Welcome to the latest edition of Creativity Gurus. I am your host, James Ippolitti. In this episode, I speak with singer, songwriter, and keyboardist Rachel Eckroth. We discuss her new self-titled EP, as well as her career in music, you can find her at rachelekroth.com, that is R-A-C-H-E-L-E-C-K-R-O-T-H.com. I just posted an Instagram quote that reads, hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. And that is true. But when talent and hustle are combined, you get Rachel Eckroth. Go listen to her new EP. You will absolutely enjoy it. I guarantee it. Her self-titled EP was produced by David Garza. I accidentally said David in the opening of this. Uh, You will hear that. That's just me being stupid. David Garza recently co-produced Fiona Apple's Fetch the Bolt Cutters, and you'll really enjoy his work on this EP. Now, each week I invite artists of all mediums to come on and shoot the shit about creativity, talking about the process, and I hope that you get inspired to do your own creative work. And this is every week I do this, so I hope you join me and give me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts so we can keep this thing going. Now let's get right to my conversation with Rachel Eckroth on this episode of Creativity Gurus. My guest today is singer, songwriter, and keyboardist Rachel Eckroth. Rachel has just released her self-titled EP, produced by David Garza, who also co-produced Fiona Apple's Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Her most recent work as a sideman includes performance tours with St. Vincent, Chris Boddy, KT Tunstall, and Rufus Wainwright. In 2018-2019, she performed as a solo artist on Rufus Wainwright's All These Poses tour, supporting her album When It Falls. Over the course of her career, Rachel has composed for television, large ensembles, and her nanette, as well as producing an extensive songwriting catalog. Rachel, welcome to my show. Hi. Good morning. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. So first thing I want to talk about is your SNL experience, because I actually watched it twice. So the first time I watched SNL, I didn't know you at the time, and I watched St. Vincent. And then this after getting the invite, I went back to watch it again. And, and how about that second song? They start out with you with the camera and pull back, which is pretty exciting, I think. So how was that experience <laughs> with SNL? That was really, really fun. Um, it, you know, I probably people um, would expect this, but it was like a full day of production and practicing and uh, making sure everything's tight and looks good and everybody's doing everything right. And then when it goes live, you just have to, everybody has to just do it right. <laughs> so you get, yeah, that must be, you that basically must be, uh... get one chance to make it happen. So it's a little, it was a little nerve wracking when we actually did the performance, but the overall experience is like that it's run so tightly over there and you know so you had performed with saint vincent prior to snl like on tour no um 
after that we've we've done some things after that but um okay as a band that was our first gig so <laughs> wow so we rehearsed and and you know it was kind of like a little secret pop-up show that happened that must have been exciting though being on that because that stage if you think about it how many over the years musicians got to play on that stage I yeah. mean, that's that's you can't think about it when it's happening, but, you know. No, I mean, TV is weird. It's like you're just, like, in a little box, you know. You don't really have to worry about the fact that there's, like, you know, thousands of people watching you in real time. <laughs> but right. You're just kind of, like, there on stage, and there's cameras in your face. And <laughs> All right, so your new EP, self-titled EP, tell me about that. So, um, okay, so I've been writing songs, I don't know, for about – I mean, songs with words for about 15 years, maybe. Um, and so every once in a while, I'll just get a nice chunk of lyrics happening in my life. And, you know, I need to make music out of it. So um, I connected with David Garza, who is a great guitarist and producer and songwriter. Um, and we were just like, OK, let's do this. It'll be really fun. And he's so casual and so relaxed about it all that it's it's just always like a cool experience to do anything musical with him. So we, um, we put these songs together at Sonic Ranch in Texas, which is a recording studio where he's kind of, he kind of lives out of there in a mm -hmm. lot of, in a lot of ways. Um, and we just, you know, we made it happen. And, and once we had, you know, I was trying to get a few more songs, but we had these and I was like, you know what, let's just put it out because it's, you know, I mean, COVID allowed us a little extra time to get some stuff done. And we actually started, yeah. we started it right before COVID. And then... Um, That's interesting. Yeah. And then during, we just finished it up. How would you compare that to When It Falls? It's a lot different. Um, produced by someone else. Um, actually, my husband, <laughs> Tim Lefebvre, who's a bass player. Mm -hmm. um, so When It Falls is a lot more electronic sounding. We, we experimented with like... Um, sound palettes and stuff from FX pedals and synthesizers and stuff like that. And the songs are, um, you know, my writing has gotten better as it should in, you know, the couple of years between those. And I think my storytelling is a little bit more um, cohesive, you know, in terms of making a song out of it. So. Yeah. You know, when I listen to uh, when it falls in you know, a lot of, uh, reviews bring up Bowie in it and I know your husband did play on um, Black Star is that correct yep listening to your career you have the thing I see with Bowie if I was going to compare is the chameleon style of your songwriting your style though seems to have gone from like prog rock jazz then you get to this sort of uh, when it falls and now it's Texas swing like <laughs> explain what you, when you're about to create a song or an EP or something, um, how do you decide what you want to go for as far as the sound? Is you know, since you have so many different um, styles. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of weird. I I definitely come from a lot of musical places. Um, I think that has to do with the fact that I'm a keyboardist, and I was I was really working as a sideman for most of my career. So, you know, when a gig calls for a certain style, you kind of like have to get into it. So, you know, in terms of like, so, you know, I played in a lot of R&B bands when I was younger. So I was studying that kind of music 
and I was a jazz musician. And then, you know, I did rock gigs, pop gigs, whatever, like all kinds of stuff as a keyboardist. So all, you know, it, it made me kind of have an eclectic um, taste and like uh, interest in how I want to do my music, you know? Yeah. I mean, it definitely shows that you have so many colors to pull from, from your palette. I mean, just amazing stuff that you've produced over many years at this point. Let's get into the songs themselves. So I want to start with Cooped Up and Bored Blues. In this song, you have Let's Talk About Every Little Thing That You Thought Mattered Was a Lie. Tell me what you thought mattered. <laughs> well, okay, this is coming from my perspective as a, uh, I, I'm not going to say female musician, but I guess just as a musician, like, you know, when you when you grow up, like going to music school and stuff like that, it's very like, oh, I'll, all I want to do is get the gig. That's my main goal in life. You know, that's what you're thinking. And, <clears throat> you know, I had a great family growing up and all of that stuff. And I guess it's just kind of like, it, you know, the, the pursuit of greatness in music or whatever can get in the way and can, can blind you and make you realize like, oh, uh, by the way, my family's over here. I should probably pay attention to them and <laughs> those kind of things. Um, so like, that's where that line stands for me. Every little thing that I thought mattered was a lie. Um, but the song kind of floats between like the opposite of that as well, or the sort of like an ironic, ironic way of saying it, you know, with all the rest of the lyrics. But that's like the main point. This definitely is a COVID song. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> it's it's really good and it captures this the 2020 really well because I think a lot of people and I think anybody who listens to that song will absolutely relate to the lyrics because being cooped up and bored made you sit back and take, you know, um a look at the your life and what matters and and what what you should be paying attention to. Well, let's talk about the whole theme of this uh, EP because I feel like there is sort of this longing for what was, but also an acceptance of what is. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, it's also, you know, in it's also kind of has to do with just getting older, and like, yeah, and just being like, okay, well, here's how it went, and let's keep going. <laughs> Yeah, so let's, we got another, uh, I think, a very nice COVID song is You're the Only Thing on the EP. Yeah. It's a beautiful song, and if I listen too hard, I might cry. Oh. So <laughs> um, so let's talk about how that song came to be. So, yeah, so You're the Only Thing was the last of the, the four songs. Um, David and I, we're still trying to write more. You know, we we are going to be writing more in the future, too, but we were trying to finish up some songs and get some more out. And uh, we were just kind of jamming in his living room one night and, and these chords came up. And so I took it home and wrote the words and, and, you know, just kind of reflecting on uh, just being happy with what you have, I think. Do you feel like this lyrically has in, in your career been the most I don't want to use the word honest, but I'm sort of leaning towards that. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it. You definitely, I, I find what's interesting about this EP is it sort of strips away a lot of the electronics of, um, you know, when it falls mm -hmm. 
and it's almost sort of vocally and musically naked in, in the way of um, being so honest and true about your, your feelings. And it comes across on every song in here. So um, was it difficult doing this? Um, not, uh, no, it, it's kind of just like, you know, you, you strip down the music and you, you strip down the production and then you have, you have to be honest <clears throat> or else you don't have a good song. You know, right. you, you can't do all the tricks because there's no space for that. So you just have to tell a story and, you know, you know, and that was kind of the thing that David was helping me do, you know, with these songs is just be real clear and like, you know, so what is that yeah. like working with David? Great. He's, he's so cool. He's, um, he's the kind of producer that just lets things happen in the studio, you know, and he'll just pick up and start playing, pick up an instrument, start playing. And we just start, you know, with, with not too much planning, um, which was really fun to do and, and pretty different than the last record. So he's How long did it take to produce? Was it just, um, I guess you said you started before COVID. So what about a year to produce this? Yeah, something like that. I mean, it it was mostly just because other things got in the way, you know. So we started in um, February of 2020. And then probably for about six months, it was kind of just like, oh, no, oh, no, the world's ending. So there was a lot of <laughs> other things to do. And then I came back to it you know, towards the end of the... Yeah, when we summer. realized the world wasn't ending. Right. We all came back to what we were doing. <laughs> exactly, figured out how to get through it, so... Do you remember, like, the first song you wrote? Even if it was when you were a child? <sighs> yes. I remember um, a piano song that I wrote when I was about 15. Um, I don't know... I don't think I was writing any, like, real lyrics at any... You know, when I was young. I really started that when I was about 30. So I was uh, like, I was a very um, quiet kid and pretty shy. And I think it just really took me that long to get the courage to like start writing words and put my feelings out there. And that's another thing having to do with this EP is like, you know, it took me until in my forties to, to be able to say things without feeling like, you know, embarrassed or like somebody's going to, you know, somebody's going to judge me for what I'm what I'm saying out loud. It's interesting to think that you're a keyboardist who, for the majority of your life, played and maybe composed, but didn't write lyrics. So how how do you do that? Like, because to me, it's it's a story. How do you sort of create a song? Do you have a story musically in your head? How you want to create something without lyrics? Um, so, so you mean, what do you mean without lyrics? You mean start, well, starting without lyrics? No, not, I'm talking prior to you writing lyrics. You're just oh. composing like instrumentals. And so is it, it's just all feeling like. Yeah. I mean, just composing in general is like, you know, how it, it starts with a mood, I think. Mm -hmm. you no. Know? And then like, you're usually working within a style. So a lot of my stuff was like jazz stuff. Um, at a younger age. And I was also like arranging for a lot of instruments. So that comes into play too, but it's more just, it's like you come up with like a little melodic theme and you just build on that, I guess, you know? How, yeah. I get that. Like a motif. So right. mm -hmm. 
where did you did you go to college for music? I did. Yeah. I went All right. to and so, many colleges. <laughs> what's that? I went to a few colleges. Okay, music. that's yeah. all right. I have two. <clears throat> um, so you went there, you're you're playing along. Did you feel like being a female, uh, a woman in the jazz world? Was that tough? I, I mean, I know a lot of musicians. I don't know too many. Just growing up, I know there weren't too many women in the jazz world. Um, Has that changed? It, I, I'm not sure. It has changed a little bit. Um you know, I still get calls for all-girl bands. I was just talking to my friend about this the other day. It's like she's a drummer, and we we're just like, mm -hmm. okay, why are we always in these all-girl things still? Like, why? Why Why is it a thing? Yeah, right. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I try to find my own lane, I guess, because it's, you know, I'm not going to be your typical jazz musician or your, you know, uh, I don't know how to say that, right, but. I'm just no, uh, I, I, no, I'm I just understand. trying to find my own lane as a composer and like I don't really identify as solely a jazz musician anymore. Right. Did you find yourself having to pull back on the new EP like musically? No, 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 no. Because it's 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 a different discipline, you know. So, you know, I'm just just writing the songs and and playing a little bit, you know. It's so like I I actually have an, a jazz record coming out or a jazzy record coming out in the fall where I get to like, you know, play as much crap as I want to. So That's great. I hope we so, get to talk when that comes yeah, out. That would be yeah. great. <laughs> so let's talk about The Root. What is the story behind that? I really, really dig this song. I don't know um, the story behind it. I couldn't find anything, but yeah. let me know. Yeah, that was the one that was like the least publicized out of them because we just, we just did, we talked about three and left one out, I guess. But um the root, it, it's really dealing with depression. So, you know, and it was kind of apparent during COVID, just like, it's basically, you know, it kind of, the lyrics are, I am the root of the pain. And it just comes, it's, it's depression, you know, it's like everything in life that I'm, I'm affecting around me, you know, it, I just came to realize like, okay, I just need to probably focus in on feeling sad you know the fact that I'm feeling sad and <clears throat> I mean does that make sense it's just like no it makes absolute yeah. sense it brings the question I, I ask this a lot of artists that come on do you feel that you know the tortured artist um mm -hmm. thing do you feel that you can create if you're very content or do you feel like you need to have that hurt in your life to I mean, I, I think when we're younger, we obviously we're all drama and uh, it's easy to pull, feel like, oh, my God, I'm so depressed. I can write 100 songs. But mm -hmm. then when you get older, do you find that you're you're reaching back to find that pain? If you're in a good mood, um, can you write in a happy mood? I mean, yeah. Yeah. I, I think that just getting older, you go, you know, in your head, like, I'm happy to be happy. Like, you know, as long as I as, as much as I can be happy, I'll take that. Like, you know, yeah. and I, that the song about depression, I mean, it, it's hard. It's hard. I'm not an expert on depression, although I have been depressed. <laughs> okay. So as a musician and it's, it has to do a lot with music and the, the, the business of music and your um, accomplishments and things like that. Like that's really, I'm sure a lot of artists go through that, 
you know, and it's not just like being tortured. It's more like, uh, we're trying to do something and it's hard to get there. And it, it can cause people to be depressed and sad about their state of their career and stuff like that. So, um, but <clears throat> I think, you know, I think for me as an artist, I went through, you know, all the, the drama and the sad and relationships and all that stuff. And it, it's just a certain time in my life. And now hopefully I think it's just, you just have to come up with more creative ways to say, how you feel about other things, you know, it's, it doesn't have to be the drama. Now, did you uh, write more songs than just the four? We started a couple more, but they're not finished yet. All right. So I think it's a sort of an ongoing collaboration. It's interesting in the world today compared to when I was younger and you put something out. It wasn't like now you could just add to an EP if you wanted to like, and have it out there yeah. as opposed to I, pr pressing vinyl records and then having to release something later. What is your earliest like recording experience? Uh, like recording your music? Um, like the very earliest or, or I mean, I can tell you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like I said, I wrote something when I was like 15 and we re-recorded it in a studio in Phoenix. That's my earliest, but I, I okay. you might mean like, no, I do mean project. this. I want to just okay. see your history with yeah. um, uh, just your music and getting it out there. So you would have recorded this. What was your reason, Phoenix, uh, to record this? Were you going to put it out? Or no, you, this like, was... What year would this have been? Yeah, I don't... Uh, <laughs> let's see. Maybe around 1992 or three. Okay, so yeah, yeah. you would have... At, best you I probably would have put it on a cassette maybe just did you yeah no what it was was like a community um high school group of musicians um you know it was led by the city or something like that and we we just we got together and, and recorded music and I think I was one of the few that wrote a song and we played it in our little group but I actually never heard the results so I don't wow. I don't know what happened to it yeah, it's out there somewhere. But then after it's that, yeah, then after that is college stuff. And and then out of college, I started trying to do my own stuff. So I did like a, I did the non-net, which you mentioned, which is. Um, yeah. Now to have it finalize this. Now, do you think that homeless in America doesn't get the press uh, because people want to avoid that topic in this country? By the way, this is, I, I commend you, James, for your statement. Because you're 100% right on the money. That's correct. It's a very eerie. Uh, you know, some people donate. I myself donate money for a different organization, uh, which actually relate to homelessness, help them homeless, or etc. Uh, but we don't see the the, the real thing, you know. And right. um, some people make fun of it, whatever. But I think I, I, I be honest with you, with your audience. I myself approached several public stations, which I was, as an American, I'm appalled that they actually, I'm not here to criticize, but I'm telling you the story, that I'm appalled that they reject the homeless in America to show in their station, and I'm not naming any name whatsoever. They pick up different subjects from overseas instead of actually uh, work on this homeless in America, you know, uh, film. And, and I was talking to several people, and I say, you guys, uh, this is not the way it's supposed to be, because I think I personally, I educate myself, because you do not, we do not have, a, you know, reports of what's happened on the street. 
And uh, this, uh, the movie, what I did, uh, Homeless in America, actually explore all this stuff and actually uh, somewhat, um, I don't want to say words teaching, but, but sort of give you different perspective. And the bottom line is you have a hope, and actually we can reduce this, but some of the TV station or radio station, or, or they don't want to deal with this stuff. And this is very, I would say, even an American as far as I'm concerned because I, I got really hard time with a lot of station that I say, okay, you don't want to show the room or whatever, that's fine. What about homeless in America? This is the issue what we should talk about. As a, right. Because, because I don't, be honest with you, I don't want people to see sleep on this street like two days ago. I, I see this every single day, and I live very nice neighborhood, let's put it this way, you know. But it, mm-hmm. it, 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 it is what it is, but I think, like I said again, uh, we can do something about it, and, and hopefully somebody is listening. <laughs> right. And like I said, you can purchase Homeless in America and The Room both on this website page if you, you're listening to the show now or if you listen to it when it's archived. And, uh, yeah, pick it up, and, uh, you know, people should open their eyes to these these issues. And, it's you know, it's nice that you went from, you know, making a – you know, a fictional piece about the the room and then decided you're going to try to make something, uh, you know, to better this country that you live in. So that's, yeah, you know. well, we, we don't make any money on the, the homeless in America, but I think I'm proud of this project very much. So and I got a lot emails as well from people who actually regular citizens who say, thank you for making this movie. You know, I mean, I was, I'm proud of it. Good. Now, uh, how about the sitcom you're working on? It's called The Neighbors? Yeah, there's, uh, they can, again, they can go to theroommovie.com, and we, see, we have all the synopsis, and also uh, I'm just basically dealing also relationship, and uh, it's, it's made for the TV, TV station, basically. Okay. It's a sitcom. I am Charlie, who's, who's, uh, who's the manager of the apartment, and we have a ghost. We have all kinds of different stuff, and it's, it's funny uh, and uh, actually, we we do have a trailer. They can see the trailer as well. And and uh, right now with the neighbors, you know, I don't know what will happen. I mean, we approach a couple station and we see what happens because it's for TV. We we like to work. I like to work, you know, with the TV station basically. Right. But you we have it. already pilot is already finished. We did the pilot uh, 22 minutes, so it's so it's done. You, what you see on, on website is just the trailer, 30 seconds or whatever it is. Did you say there's a ghost in the story as well? Yeah, it is ghost. It's, it's a Princess Penelope, but you have to go to a website and, and check. I don't want to spoil the, the excitement. All right. <laughs> <laughs> did did uh, you find it difficult going from uh, directing features to something short, like a 20, 30-minute pilot? Well, you see, let me say it this way. The pilot was actually shot uh, three days, I believe. It's, it's, but what you, you should, maybe, you know, for 45 hours, whatever, but you got only 22 minutes. So uh, it is different. You're, again, you have to approach differently because it's much, you work differently, you know. You, it, it's, 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 it's much different how you prepare for the film, you know. It's two different things. Right. But... but Again, directing, I have the same, basically the same uh, place, um, system as I mentioned before, you know, taping, watching, and, and decided what to do, you know? Right. So, okay, well, we're uh, basically out of time. Uh, is there anything that you want to add of something that you're working on outside or? Um... 
Well, I'm working on some vampire movie, and I am thrilled to say that, you know, that some of it, uh, you know, some big studio, there are some interesting, some interest they have. Hopefully they will call me like you did. So I am also, again, I would say thank you to all of you, all the fans and people who are listening, um, future fans of the room, and send us email, and I think you, uh, thank you for uh, having me uh, in your program. Oh, no problem. Thanks for calling in, and if you have, uh, you know, any updates you want to email me about, and uh, we can bring you back on sometime. Okay, we'll do that. Thank you very much, James. All right, Tommy, take care. You too. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Good night. Good night.